On behalf of Hospice of the Piedmont, welcome to this special holiday episode of the E-Series. For those of you that may be new, the E-Series is an educational podcast aimed at engaging our community, exploring relevant topics, and educating about ways to connect with our organization. Funding for the E-Series is provided by the Dr. John A. Lusk Fund for Hospice and Palliative Care Education. My name is Ryan Biagini, and I am your host. With the holidays upon us, we wanted to take a few moments to have a caregiving conversation about this special time of year. As you know, the holidays can be a time of joyous celebrations and family traditions. However, for those actively in the caregiving role, the holidays can be a vastly different experience and one of increased stress when self-care can feel impossible. Join me as I welcome back a special guest, Cher Burke, as we dive into this topic. Cher, thanks for joining me today for this special holiday episode. Thanks, Ryan. It's good to be here again. As a Hospice of the Piedmont volunteer, you wear a lot of different hats. In addition to making bereavement calls to families and caregivers following the loss of their loved one, you are a patient family respite volunteer, as well as a facilitator of the organization's caregiver support group, which meets weekly via Zoom. So tell me, before we hop into the holidays and all that makes this season especially challenging for a caregiver, talk to me about self-care for a minute. Let's say I have a loved one with a new diagnosis and have found myself thrust into this role as a caregiver. What do I do? How do I counter feelings of, say, isolation and loneliness? Often when we first discover that a loved one is facing a very challenging and life-limiting illness, stepping up to do all we can to care for them is our only thought. You find yourself saying, how can I help? They can move in with me. Of course, I will do all that I can. You take on the caregiving responsibilities with the very best of yourself. Your heart is filled with love. At first, there's nothing that's too much for you. But then, over time, the constant needs and long hours begin to take a toll on your well-being. Becoming a caregiver means that your world has changed. Maybe you have had to take a leave from your day-to-day employment, and now you find that there's no time for your social activities. You can't even go to the gym or take a walk around the block. Unwanted feelings creep into your mind. You do your best to push them away. But in these moments, feelings of loneliness and even isolation become the norm. Sometimes your loved one, though physically present, may begin to show signs of decline. They may sleep more, and then when they are awake, they may not engage with you as they once did. The spirited discussions you had at the dinner table have turned to a quiet time of concentrating, or worse, conflict. You miss them. You miss your spouse. You wish that your mom or dad would take up that conversation again. You realize that your loved one can't be left alone, and it's natural to believe that this is your responsibility. No one else could or should be doing the day-to-day caregiving. Your instinct is to try to fill every gap, every circumstance, every need yourself. But, The truth is you feel like you're losing yourself. 
You know that your loved one is very challenged and suffering, yet you find your own thoughts are difficult, even unwanted and ugly. You find yourself drifting away. Loneliness has become a way of life. Let me encourage you. What is true is that unless you're taking good care of yourself, you will not be able to fulfill the caregiving responsibilities. It's not possible to take it all on all the time. You may not be able to leave them alone, but you can have a phone call or a Zoom call. Decide that you will call a friend. Make a date to eat lunch together on the phone. You eat yours, they eat their lunch, and you can talk while you're on the call. Then you can still be there for your loved one and enjoy your friends. That is such great advice, Cher. The time we take tuning into our own needs does not have to be complicated. Taking a walk, making a phone date, simply breathing. It can be so simple and yet still so easy to pass up or skip. It's those small moments of self-care that are incredibly important that we just can't miss. I love your encouragement to think outside the box and maintaining friendships and those important social interactions that keep us feeling human. I can't help but wonder how the holiday season impacts the caregiving experience. I imagine it magnifies all of the emotions, expectations, and exhaustion that caregivers experience. What are some tools for our caregiving tool belts or, or best practices that caregivers listening in can do to help them go easy on themselves this holiday season and reduce caregiving stress as much as possible? Well, the first thing to remember uh, at the holidays is that things don't have to be perfect. It's a good thing for all of us to remember, but particularly those of us that are caregiving and spending a lot of time in our homes with the people that we love in a special circumstance. We have in our heads this Christmas card or holiday movie uh, idea of what our holidays should look like. Uh, to be honest, that's kind of a fantasy. It doesn't really exist anyway, but we like to hold on to it because it pulls us back to the past. And our expectations are that we want to carry over things that we found to be special in the past into the present. That's really what tradition is all about. It's about connecting us to ourselves when we were younger or to some tradition that seems to hold dear in our hearts. It's, it's a connection to our past. So it's not surprising that we really want to lean into tradition at the holiday season. But perfection this year, considering your circumstance with caregiving, isn't really going to bring that special way back because it's not the same as it was. Everything is different this year. And it's it's good to hold on to that as we prepare for the holidays. Hmm. In our memories, we string together things that were perfect about our past. We might remember one moment of what happened when we were a child one year, and then we pull together something else that happened. And it becomes this 
major tradition, but what if we just took a minute to look deeper into why we hold these traditions? If we look deeper into the meaning or the value of the traditions, we might be able to hold on to that value and that deeper meaning, even if we can't do the big expectation and Christmas card look at our holidays this year. What is it that's special? Is it gathering together? Is it being generous with each other? Is it because we share a deep history of the way we've always done it? Or is it spirituality in some way? Reading certain verses or singing certain songs. All of those things can be actually accomplished even in our current circumstance. If we look deeper, we might see that um, gathering together, even if it's just in our loved one's room and with fewer people, but still the gathering happens and we find ourselves together with, with those that we love. If generosity is the thing that you feel like brings such meaning to you, then decide ahead of time, are you going to give gifts or are you going to this year make a decision to give something to someone in need? It still is generosity either way you do it. You might keep your history alive by uh, giving everyone in the room a chance to just speak their special memory, their remembrances of what their holiday was like as a child or what their favorite holiday time was. Um, or you might look at pictures or videos to bring it all back. Even, even if it's sad, it's still remembering the history of your life and your times together. And maybe the spiritual traditions can be done in similar ways. Even if you're not at the big service that takes place at midnight, um, you can still gather together lighting candles. Um, you can still sing the special songs together, even if it's just two of you. You can still um, hold the words and speak the words that mean so much to you in a smaller way, in a different way this year, and still hold those same traditions. I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, give yourself permission to let go of some of the things that you think are essential and take a moment to look deeper into what, what um, is the deep meaning of why we do certain things at Christmas. And give yourself a break. It's okay. It's okay to change it up. Yeah, and just be present for what matters. Exactly. Um, I think that's that's really meaningful and powerful. Um, well, you, you're speaking to the the caregiver experience, you know, having your loved one with you still, even if the, the season is challenging. Um, but could you take a moment and speak directly to the person listening in today whose caregiving journey has come to an end as they have recently lost their loved one? and are approaching their first holiday season without them. Yeah, I sure can. I think um, we have to be aware of what we're actually feeling. It's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. If it's a, um, a recent loss, then you may be feeling um, 
sad and it may be very hard for you to even think about having some kind of holiday tradition that you've done in the past. You, you might just not even be able to think about it. That's okay. It's okay to feel however you're feeling. It's okay to not choose to want to go to a holiday gathering. It's okay to say, not this year. It's okay to say, yes, I think I would like to come. And then it's okay to change your mind at the last minute and decide you can't do it. Sometimes when we gather up with other people at Christmas or at a holiday, Hanukkah or other traditional holidays at the season, um, there's lots of other people who aren't feeling the way we're feeling. And they may be um, very joyful or laughing. And that, that may be hard for us to hear. My recommendation is when you get to a gathering, um, just peek around a little bit and find a space where you could be alone for a minute. It might be a back bedroom or even the bathroom or the back porch. And if it becomes a little too much for you, then head off into that quiet space and just close your eyes for a minute. Take a deep breath. Try to center yourself back on how you, how you really feel sad, happy, joyful, all those feelings may be coming all at one time. It's okay to feel sad and still laugh because there's young children who are opening presents and being silly. Um, or you might be watching that Christmas movie that just makes you laugh, but it doesn't take away your sadness or your even melancholy. Sometimes we can cry and still be filled with joy. Um, we can feel warm and also feel like we're at a loss. It's mm. okay. All those emotions can happen at one time. But when you move to that back quiet space, you can get back in touch with who you really are in mm. your deep heart. And it might give you just the break you need to be able to join back in the gathering. I might also recommend... Um, that when you gather with other people, even if it's just one or two, uh, it might be a time to hold your loved one um, close, um, light a candle in the corner of the room and make that the special place where you can just glance to know that your loved one is still with you. You might um, bring out photographs or videos or things that were special Maybe you want to make a special recipe that was specific to your loved one, a cookie that they always made, or mm. they loved the cranberry sauce that was on the table. However it is, bring that special recipe along and give yourself a moment to say, well, this is what they really loved. I guess in truth, what I'm trying to say is give yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling your feelings will bring others closer to you if you're honest, and it might bring peace to your own heart. Mm. That's really well said, Cher. I um, I love the idea of, um, you know, having, giving yourself permission to feel what you need to feel. Even if those two feelings are at odds with each other, uh, you still um, are validating that what you're feeling is real and true and um, that's healthy. <laughs> uh, that's a part of self-care is allowing yourself to feel. I also, uh, one of the things that I kind of 
that came to mind as you were talking was just trusting yourself and your own like uh, intuition of what you need. If that is stepping away for a moment and finding a quiet place, or if that's um, not going to an event, um, <clears throat> you know, having boundaries and um, using them, <laughs> even if that's challenging or you think, oh, that might hurt somebody else's feelings. Um, I think this is really great and helpful. And I hope that the folks listening in today um, allow this to settle into their spirits and their hearts and they hear what they need to hear. So thank you so much, Cher, for taking the time to speak with me today. It's a special time of year that deserves our attention, uh, but not at the expense of our own well-being and our own um, physical, social, mental, emotional health. Um, thanks for shedding some light onto all of this for us and um, appreciate you and all that you do for our organization and for our community and the people that you share your knowledge and insight with. Thank you, Ryan. It was great to be here. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the E-Series. We'd like to give a special acknowledgement to the online resource, What's Your Grief? whose content served as inspiration for part of our conversation today. We've included the link to their website in the show notes for this episode. As we wrap up, I want to express Hospice of the Piedmont's gratitude for each and every one of you joining us for our E-Series episodes. Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll receive a notification as each episode publishes next year. Until then, happy holidays from all of us. I'm Ryan Biagini, and this has been the E-Series.